thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here this morning as I was telling the earlier service. And I found out when I got hired, Matthew had been saying that he was going on vacation once they hired someone. And I guess he, he wasn't kidding. So uh, I got you get stuck with me. But I am so excited to be here. We've been here now a week and a day. And we are, what do you say, about 85, 90% unpacked. So uh, that's good progress. My, my goal was to be done this weekend. Didn't quite happen, but uh, we still got uh, some time to, to finish unpacking. But I'm also thankful because um, this is Senior Sunday. We are so thankful and proud of our seniors. Uh, Y'all have accomplished something great, and uh, we want to honor them today. And uh, as before I forget, if you signed up to eat and have a meal, we are eating after services in the fellowship hall room that way, I think. I'm still getting turned around. Look at that. I made it right. Success. But if you signed up to eat a meal, don't forget we're doing that after services or I'll have to eat a lot of food because there'll be a lot left over. With that being said, let's, let's get to kindness. Being kind is really hard. I, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I, I just don't want to be kind. Uh, maybe it's driving down the road and uh, my wife always says, Jonathan, that's not nice. And my reply normally is, well, I could have said this instead, but I didn't. So I was kind of being nice. She doesn't seem to agree. But maybe, you know, that's not your thing. But maybe being kind is hard, whether it's on the road, whether it's at school, whether it's with friends, with family, with your neighbors. Being kind is difficult. I would say, unfortunately, but I'm going to say, fortunately, we're called to be kind. Fortunately, we're called to show the world love, to show the world Jesus. But we're also called to to put other people first. And we'll get to some of those passages in just a second. But putting others first is really hard because that requires us to be kind. That requires us to love them. That requires us to humble ourselves. And I want our graduates to know, and I want everyone here and myself to be reminded of, I want you to be reminded of, that you can be kind and be successful in life. That being kind will help you be successful in life, but also be successful in God's kingdom. I want you to know that. I want our graduates to know that. Because the key to kindness is also the same key to successfulness. The key to kindness is the key to having an abundant life that Jesus promises us. Unfortunately, the world has a different message for us. The world tells us, look after number one. Number one for me is me. Number one for you is you, so we're all supposed to look after ourselves, and then that, that, that'll make everything great. Well, if you just look at the news, you kind of look around in culture, everyone looking after themselves is not working out very well. Uh, in fact, that's how you have disunity. And hopefully our goal is unity. Hopefully our goal is peace. And that means we have to count others more important. I mean, we can just look at advertisements And maybe it's on TV, maybe it's the radio, maybe if you still read the newspaper, it's in the newspaper. But everything is saying, buy this because you deserve it. You can have more 
and you deserve more, and you deserve whatever you want in life, no matter what it costs. You can have this, and even if you have to run someone over, figuratively or literally, you're worth it because you deserve this item. Maybe it's you deserve this status. You deserve more. You deserve that promotion because you deserve it. You deserve this Well, what makes us deserve something? Well, the world tells us just because you're supposed to take after yourself. You're supposed to watch after yourself, reach the top. But if we're all playing the rat race, well, the thing about a rat race is no one really wins. And that's not true kindness. So what does kindness look like? Well, I think we have to look at our Heavenly Father. And before we look at our Heavenly Father, I want us to define what kindness really is. Because the true number one is our Heavenly Father. And if He could show kindness, if He could show humility, even if, you know, even being the true number one in the universe, then maybe we can too. I was stumbling across this quote, and I hope you can see it. It's a little small, but it's by a name named Eddie Foster. And it was an article I read. If I'm supposed to know who he is, uh, I don't. But I thought the quote was really good. He said, Kindness is humbly giving of ourselves and love and mercy to others who may not be able to give anything back, who sometimes don't deserve it, and who frequently don't thank us for it. Basically, kindness means a way of thinking that leads to doing thoughtful deeds for others. I thought that quote was brilliant. I was like, I wish I could word stuff that eloquently. But as I read this, I saw two things. Well, I saw how we act toward others or how we should act toward others. But then I also saw God acted toward us in this. If we replace, if we just add God, God showed kindness by what? Being humble. He humbly gave himself. We know that what? He was equal with God, Paul writes. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but what? Humbled himself. He came on the earth, humbled himself, and took on the form of a servant. And we know that by his love and mercy, he gave him himself up on the cross. And can we pay that back? No, we can't pay that back. Did we deserve his sacrifice? No, we didn't deserve his sacrifice. And how often do we thank him for his blessings? Well, I know I don't thank him enough. So this is in the embodiment of kindness, and now we have God's kindness displaying that actual definition that, that Eddie Foster, you know, I guess, wrote or defined for us. He showed his mercy, he showed his love, he showed his kindness, knowing that we could never pay that back, like I just said, knowing that we really don't deserve it, and that perhaps the people who he was dying for weren't going to thank him for it. Let's just go back to the cross. At the actual event, what was happening? Well, they were mocking Jesus. They were ridiculing him. They were beating him. And Jesus was sacrificing his life for them, for us, looking at a crowd who was not showing kindness back. And we'll get to that predicament in just a second. But as we're looking at that, I want us to go back to our passage. It's not going to be on the screen, but in Titus chapter 3, if you want to turn there. Titus 3, starting at verse 3, Paul starts off by saying, but. And we'll read in a second what he's kind of adding to in just a second. But he says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own. There's the word mercy. 
but the washing of regeneration and renewal of his Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There really is no greater kindness than God's kindness. There really is no greater kindness than what he did on the cross. There really is no other greater kindness than someone who is laying down his life, not just for his friends, but for those who are mistreating him, those who are ridiculing him, those who are putting the nails in his body, knowing that they would not appreciate what he was doing for them. Why would he be willing to show that amount of kindness? I still don't understand. Uh, I still, you know, and being God, not even just Jesus, thinking of God's place, now having a, a son who looks like he has been taken out, I couldn't imagine giving up my son for anyone. And you always heard that, but being a new father, it is kind of mind-boggling to me. And it begs the question, why would anyone be willing to show kindness for people, even giving up something so precious, when they would never return the favor? The world tells us kindness is foolish doesn't it? The world tells us, unless you're getting something out of it, don't waste your time. If you're not going to benefit from whatever action, ever event, whatever, fill in the blank, if you're not going to reap some kind of benefit, don't waste your time, don't waste your money, don't waste your resources on it, because it's all meaningless. That's what the world tells us. But that's not what God tells us. <laughs> That's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible says that we were foolish when we weren't being kind. Let's back up that one verse like I promised. So Paul just said, what? But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, that previous verse, here's what he said. We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing out days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. So he says... True foolishness was whenever we were chasing after our own pleasures, we were chasing after our own desires, and when we were trying to run over each other and one-up each other, and they were hating us, we were hating them, and that disunity, that was foolishness. But true, maybe I'll say wisdom, is the kindness that we, show, that we saw in God when Jesus appeared, laid down his life for us, and we were justified by his, gra by his grace. We were, we, true wisdom was being kind and humbling yourself and laying down maybe even your life for someone else. That's kind of backwards thinking, culturally speaking, but I'm so thankful that we have God's wisdom because he's the creator of the universe and he knows what he's talking about. But again, it goes back to that question, why would someone be willing to show that level of kindness? It's what we're called to do. It's a way of life. See, being kind is not foolish, but it is the way of life we've been called to. Paul also reminds us something about this kindness. He reminds us kind of what we've been called to be. If we've been called to show kindness, if we've been called to be holy, for I am holy, as the Lord said, what does that look like? Well, I'm so thankful we know that in Ephesians 2, 
that we were created. We know, actually backing up all the way to the beginning of, of the Bible, Genesis says, what we were created in the image of God, in the likeness of him. That's wonderful to think about. And then Paul reminds us in Ephesians 2, he says, for we are his workmanship. Some translations use the word masterpiece. I really like masterpiece because uh, as someone who likes, I can't draw or do art. I'm very envious of that, but I appreciate it. So when I think of the word masterpiece, I think of things like Starry Night, the David statue, Mona Lisa, all, all these wonderful painters and sculptors who created works, beautiful works of art. And those are what we call their masterpieces. They're best of the best. We are God's best creation. The God of the universe, the creator of everything we see around us. And I've seen some beautiful things around the country. But God says, we are his prized creation. For we are his workmanship or we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now we could study for hours on what created for good works looks like. This thing is messing up. But I won't keep you here for hours, I promise. But I, what I will do is I'll point to you just to some words of Jesus and other words of Paul. In John 14, in verses 12 and 15, Jesus is speaking, and he says these two phrases, and they're very, very close to each other in the same conversation. And he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you believe in me, you will do the things that I do. It's a pretty high bar. It's a pretty high standard of measurement, Jesus. Uh, that's a, you're asking awfully a lot. Now, this is prior to everything he did, prior to his sacrifice. But for us reading it with 2020, you know, hindsight, he's like, if you love me, you will keep everything I've commanded you. And then if you believe in what I'm actually doing, if you believe in me, you will do what I do. Now, what did Jesus do? Well, he did a whole lot. He served others. He even said, I've come to serve, not to be served. And he came to humble himself. He was obedient all the way to the cross. Are we willing to lay down our lives for those who aren't appreciative? Are we willing to lay down our lives for those who are mistreating us? Are we willing to show kindness and humble ourselves, maybe thinking, maybe, maybe even knowing that we might, quote, deserve more? If anyone had the right to say, I deserve better than this, it was Jesus. But he still showed kindness and humility to others. Let's go back to that quote. Let's see if I'll... You know, kindness is humbly giving of ourselves in love and mercy to others who may not be able to give anything back. Sounds familiar. Who sometimes don't deserve it and who frequently don't thank us for it. See, being kind is not foolish. And we were created for good works. John reminds us again of some words of Jesus in 1 John 3. And he's echoing some words of Jesus. And he's echoing what he's been taught by Jesus. And he says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. And Jesus spoke a lot about that. Now John's echoing those words saying it's not just about saying you're kind, not just about saying you love someone, saying you'll help them out, but you have to follow through with it in deed and in truth. See, we can't fake kindness, and kindness is never self-serving. 
This thing is really bugging me. I'm sorry. Let's see if I can fix it. Kingdom work never glorifies ourself. And if we're all about being like Jesus, we're all about doing work for the kingdom and helping bring the lost to the cross of Jesus, we have to be willing to humble ourselves to serve others and realize that it's not about us getting attention. It's not about us demonstrating how great I am. Look at all the great things I'm doing. Aren't I a kind person? Well, that's not true kindness. Kindness can never glorify ourselves, but rather the kindness we demonstrate should reflect God's kindness to us. We should always be pointing back to the cross. Paul said in, in Colossians 3, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all of these, put on love, which binds together everything in perfect harmony. All those things we're supposed to put on. He mentioned kindness, but I would say all these other things have to exist for true kindness to exist. Compassion in hearts that leads to us showing kindness to others. Humility that must come in order for us to serve others. And that meekness and patience. It's hard to be kind to people who aren't appreciative. It's hard for me to be patient with those who are, I would say, just being jerks, but we're called to still be kind to them. We're called to still serve them, to humble ourselves and say, no, it's really not about me. It's about making sure God's glorified. It's about serving others and making sure they can see Jesus in me. See, Philippians, Paul writes one of the most difficult verses when he says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves? I don't, I don't like that verse. <laughs> I think I'm a pretty important person. But here Paul's saying it's not about you. In fact, you should count every, everybody else more important than you, more significant than you. Now imagine if we had that mindset. Imagine if I thought all of you were more important than me, and if you thought I was more important than all of you, and we were, not that that happens, but imagine if we all thought that, what kind of mindset do you think we would have toward one another? What kind of actions do you think would be happening? What kind of effect would we have on the community? What if we all thought those outside our walls were more important than us? What kind of impact would that have on the community? I think they would start to see Jesus. Now the question remains, if this is what kindness really looks like, and we see the influence culture has on us, one of the questions I still think about is, when I show kindness to others, do I expect anything in return? If I'm kind to you, shouldn't you be kind to me? That makes sense. It's the way life seems to, at least would be nice if life worked that way. But if I expect you to, to return favors for me, I'm not sure that's really true kindness. It might be politics, it might be networking, it might even be manipulation, but it's really not kindness if I put on contingencies on my kindness. I should be kind with no restraints, no kind of qualifying attachment saying, now remember, I did this for you, so you owe me a favor. It's not true kindness. See, again, kindness is what? Humbly giving of ourselves in love and mercy to those who may not be able to what? Give anything back. 
those who often don't deserve it and who will often and frequently forget to thank us for it. How can we have that level of kindness, especially to those who mistreat us, especially to those who we look at and say, they're just not a nice person. They're not a very godly person. It's easy to be nice to people who are nice to you. Well, I think it's all about following in the footsteps of Jesus. On the screen, it was a different verse, but you know, 1 Peter 2 tells us what? We've been called because what Christ also suffered, leaving us an example so we can follow in his steps. That's what it's all about, is looking at Jesus as our prime example and saying, do I measure up to Jesus? Now, the answer is going to be no, but maybe each day will get better. Transformation is a never-ending process. Transformation is something that we will always have to strive at doing better. But in order for us to get there, it requires that mindset change. It requires us to demonstrate a kindness that maybe we haven't done before. It requires us to humble ourselves and to ask this simple question, how can I glorify God? Too often we act in a way that makes sure that we look good. Uh, I don't know how many of you are, are big into personalities or the, the Enneagram. I'm a three, so I like to be valued, and I try to do things where at least I don't look silly. Now, I like being silly, but I want to at least look competent. And uh, so sometimes it's, am I doing this to make myself look good? So I don't look like I'm not qualified. There should be no contingencies on kindness. There should be no requirements when we show kindness to others. The only thing we should ask is, have I done nothing from selfish ambition or conceit? Am I counting others more important than myself? Am I acting like Jesus? Am I doing exactly what he did? Because he says, what, in John chapter 14, like I read, if you believe in me, you will do the things that I do. And Jesus was humble. He was a servant. And he died for us. He gave up everything so that we could be with him forever. What are you doing to help change your mindset so that you can be kind to the world? So you can be kind to show the world Jesus so they can better and more readily come to the cross of Jesus. Let's say a prayer and then we'll extend the invitation. Dear God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for blessing us with the gifts that you've, you've given us so freely. We have so many things to be thankful for, but we also know that we have a lot of work to be done. We know we have your word, we have your spirit, and we ask you to give us the boldness to and the courage to show true kindness. Where we may never benefit from it, but we know we're called to be kind. We're called to be Christ-like. We're called to be transformed, to be more like your son. And we know that transformation is never an end goal. It's an, an ongoing goal that we will constantly improve at, that we will constantly become. And we ask you to help us to show that kindness to the world, the kindness to each other, so that we can be the body that you called us to be, so that we can have the unity that you desire for us, so that we can reach the lost and point them to you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for showing us what true kindness looks like by sending your son on the cross for us so that we can have hope of everlasting life with you. 
And it's through your son's name we pray. Amen. There is beyond the azure blue, a God concealed from human sight. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community. Is inspired.